Welcome to the From the Stem Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Hey guys, welcome to the second episode for the From the Stem Up podcast. Today, we have a very accomplished guest. Hey, Neil, how are you today? Hello, Adriana. My name is Neil, as you guys already know. Uh, I currently serve as the founder and chief executive officer at iCane, where we produce semi-autonomous devices to guide the visually impaired. That's awesome. Would you like to tell us your hobbies a little bit more? Sure. So uh, currently, I am a student researcher at the Waterloo Institute for Nanotechnology from the University of Waterloo. Uh, where I mostly do research in the area of nanotechnology and application uh, to biomedical uh, sciences. And where are you from? Uh, so I'm from Waterloo, Ontario. Nice. And guys, he's only 16 years old and he's done so much. So I can't wait to get to know you a little bit more and show you guys what he had to accomplish. And let's get into it. So Neil, what does STEM mean to you? I'd say yeah, STEM is more or less the future, um, essentially the future of humanity. Uh, STEM is a sort of tool which allows people, like regular people, uh, to go out there and be crazy and change the world. STEM allows us essentially to create innovation. Without STEM, uh, we wouldn't have uh, had the new industrial age, which is, which I would say is the technological revolution, starting from Steve Jobs and Bill Gates to Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, they all used applications of STEM and current research all across the world, from artificial intelligence to nanotechnology, uh, they're all using the aspects of science, technology, engineering, and maths. And I would say STEM is a very important tool for each and every single individual. And regardless of age, you always have a way to access it. Uh, and I believe that uh, STEM can truly show us how, how in the future humanity can evolve in order to create a better world for everyone. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with what you said about STEM being a tool and that there's no age limit to that. And you truly demonstrate that. Regarding STEM and people you look up to, who are your role models and why? In terms of role models, uh, I would say, I, I wouldn't say there's one specific role model that I really look up to. So uh, when it comes to uh, standard business operations uh, and investing, uh, I would say it would definitely be Warren Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett is a quite humble individual, and uh, he's probably the greatest investor of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to marketing, uh, in that sense, like explaining yourself, showing uh, yourself off to the whole entire world of what you've accomplished, I would say Steve Jobs would definitely be a role model in that area. And when it comes down to pure work ethic and creation, um, I would say my two main role models would be Bill Gates uh, and Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And how have you applied what they brought to the world in your daily life? Mm-hmm. So Elon Musk is probably the best example of this. Um, as everyone knows, Elon Musk has one of the most uh, grueling uh, and strenuous work schedules uh, of any American CEO or any CEO in the whole entire world, for that matter. As you said, uh, he works nearly 120 mm-hmm. hours a week. And I, and I would say, I, I agree with one of his statements where he says that uh, if you work 120 hours a week for one month, uh, you're pretty much doing the same amount of work uh, that it would take a regular person working about 40 hours a week, three months, uh, and you're accomplishing uh, that within one month. 
so in 12 months, you're essentially doing uh, three years of work into uh, one whole year. And that pretty much compounds on itself. Uh, and I would say, I personally think that uh, I try my best <laughs> uh, to work as hard as in order to essentially uh, create a positive impact on everyone's uh, lives at a, at a large scale. Yeah. And I definitely see that through iCane. You invented a device called iCane. So what is your inspiration behind it? What is it and how does it work? Hmm. So iCane was pretty much a science fair project that I started when I was back in grade seven. Like currently I'm in grade 10. Uh, so this was when I was like 12 years old. I used to go to a school where a uh, where like, I actually used to live in Mississauga back then. So like uh, in the school that I used to go to, it was mandatory for us to do a science fair. Uh, in grade five to eight. So um, in grade seven, I decided to uh, start researching what I can do. Uh, so around this time, I actually uh, <laughs> I actually uh, attended a Raptors game uh, in Toronto, and uh, I, we had to take the subway to that Raptors game. And in the subway, I saw like these yellow bumps right before you enter a subway. I didn't know what these yellow bumps were. Uh, so I went home and I started researching about it. These yellow bumps are called uh, tactile paving. And essentially what tactile paving allows is that a visually impaired individual who uses their white cane is able to hit these bumps and navigate from one location to another. Now, there are several problems with this. First being that it's quite ineffective in a crowded condition. And at the same time, a white cane uh, is a, a visually impaired individual always has to hit uh, obstructions in order to feel where, where they're able to go. And it's quite a safety hazard. Uh, additionally, tactile paving costs upwards of $30 million in order to implement in a city like Toronto. So I decided uh, at that moment that I was going to create a device that could help navigate, a, help navigate a visually impaired individual from one location to another. Right off the bat, uh, I really had no clue what I was trying to do. So <laughs> I had to online and research. And um, in my research, I found that majority of uh, the companies which were trying to uh, aim to solve what I was doing, they were using a system known as haptic technology. Uh, so companies such as WeWalk, the Sunu Band, they were all using this, uh, these devices that use haptic technology. And what this technology allows is that uh, a visually impaired individual can essentially sense the objects around them by using vibration motors and essentially a sensor which they will detect obstructions in part. Again, there are problems with this. Uh, the main concern is that it costs nearly upwards of $300 uh, for these haptic technologies, and most visually impaired individuals cannot afford that price. Uh, at the same time, haptic technology does not actually guide a visually impaired individual. The visually impaired individual still has to figure out their own method of guiding from one location to another without physically seeing the objects. Um, and that makes it, again, a safety concern, and as well as creates ineffective uh, navigation. So what I decided to do was to see if I could create a robotic guide dog uh, that can uh, guide a visually impaired individual. So this is quite an ambitious task. So in order to create a proof of concept, I, I decided uh, the best way to do this was to lay paint lines uh, and have essentially a line follower robot and have a cane attached to it and guide the visually impaired individual from one location to another. So that was the base of the proof of concept of my device. Uh, and I immediately patented uh, the invention. Uh, I filed a provisional and then a full patent at the age of 13. And then after that, I, I, I competed at the Peel Regional Science Fair uh, with my iPhone invention, and it, I won a silver prize there. And then I, I was selected to compete at the Canada-wide Science Fair, where I again won a silver medal. Uh, in grade eight, I, uh, I decided to keep on uh, inventing and improving my device uh, with added technologies such as heart rate monitoring, having a GPS Android app, 
and all of that. So that's what I did uh, between grade eight uh, and grade nine. And I competed at the regional science fair uh, in Waterloo. At this time, I moved to Waterloo. So there I won gold medals in engineering category as well as the Ted Rogers Innovation Award. And at the beginning of grade nine, so this was around October 2018, I decided to uh, join an incubator uh, here in Waterloo. It was called Flowboat. So Flowboat pretty much uh, helps high school entrepreneurs start up their own companies. So I wanted, since I've been working on this for like um, a solid two years now, I wanted to take it to the next stage. Uh, so I joined uh, Flowboat and, and there was a competition uh, which was known as uh, MIT Logic. So this is pretty much a startup competition among a thousand high school startups internationally. Uh, and only the top 20 were selected to go and pitch at uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Boston. So from there, I decided to recruit. Uh, the advantage was that I had a patent for my device, so it attracted people quite quickly. After that, uh, I pretty much had a group of six individuals, and we worked relentlessly uh, for the majority of the school year. Uh, that group of six <laughs> went down to a group of four, and we were lucky enough to be selected as one of the 20 out of 1,000 uh, high school startups uh, to pitch at MIT. Currently, we have been developing our uh, systems. Our current development is to produce a completely autonomous model of the iCane, uh, as well as expanding our current target market uh, to even help seniors. So that is the current stage of iCane uh, and pretty much my inspiration. Yeah, I'm really impressed about how much work you put into it. And I know you had many iterations in your achievement in being able to attend MIT Launch X and showcase your amazing invention. But to get there, can you just give me the exact number of years it has taken for this to become an actual product? And how big has this company grown? And what are your future aspirations? Mm -hmm. So I can, uh, like the initial development started uh, somewhere around uh, January of 2017. And I would say it has been going for a solid three years, the development. There was uh, nearly 71 or 75 iterations of the device itself, uh, both software and hardware included, uh, to get to the stages that we are at currently. Uh, we're currently in the stages of partnering with the Canadian National Institute for the Blind to conduct mass market research. Nice. For our device. Uh, so, so far, our current sample size market research uh, with uh, like a sample size version from 20 individuals has proven uh, that the iCane is 97% uh, more effective than any other alternative on the market today to guide the visually impaired. Nice. Uh, and yeah, so <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, so far, currently the company is working in order to get seed funding. Uh, for our invention, as well as uh, gaining more traction in the areas of helping to guide uh, seniors. So uh, seniors who struggle to walk, we are developing uh, intelligent canes to assist them in walking as well. And I would say in my future aspirations for iCane, uh, we would also like to uh, impact the transportation industry, including the autonomous systems industry as well. Uh, mm -hmm. We also have uh, currently many patents uh, which are currently pending uh, in the area of, uh, of autonomous vehicles, uh, which we hope to bring into the market uh, somewhere near uh, late 2023. So that is uh, something exciting to look forward to.
Yeah, it truly is. And for you listeners, I really hope you guys are taking inspiration from Neil that no matter how young you are, it doesn't matter in terms of making a company and even getting patents. You don't have to wait till you're older to do all that. And with that, I'm going to jump into the break and we'll see you guys after that. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by the Accelerated Learner Academy. It's a course for students and lifelong learners to go from continued failure to top marks and success. It's a four-week life program where you will be learning directly from Matthew Espinoza and his team on how to maximize your brain and be more productive for this next school year. In fact, I'll be joining Matt and the others in version two of this course as an advisor in the program. I took the Accelerated Reading course and increased my reading speed from around 200 words per minute to 600 words per minute. which is awesome. So version two is going to be released on January 15th. So if you want to get to know me better and join the Academy, be sure to check out the link in the bio for the full Academy details. All right, to the next part of the episode. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that break. For this next segment, I'm going to ask you, Neil, a little bit more about some advice. What advice do you give to any future young scientist uh, who wants to pursue a science fair project? Mm, okay, this is a good one. So, uh, for for science fair projects, I would say uh, the main thing to to remember is you want to solve a problem which is at large. Creating things to solve that problem is uh, the most looked forward to, especially in a science fair. Uh, and it also depends on your region where you're competing. Uh, so, in some regions, they favor experiments. In some regions, they uh, often favor engineering. Most regions, they favor anything to do with an engineering uh, level project. So essentially, you want to create a solution to a big problem. Uh, that is easier said than done. Uh, but uh, I would say for young scientists, you really, want to you really want to start figuring out problems which are at large. For example, uh, one of the best uh, examples of this could be Sajeev, uh, Sajeev Kohli, who's a Waterloo student who's currently attending Harvard University. He, he did his, his science fair project on creating a novel system which was able to essentially target cancer cells more effectively than any other uh, current procedure on the stage that is currently present during that time. So uh, he's a great example because he went on to win the international Sanofi Biogenius competition, which is the world's largest science fair, which is specific to biotechnology. And there are many uh, science fairs which are specific to uh, certain needs. Uh, so for example, there are three main routes that you can take uh, for science fairs, uh, especially for Canadian students. The first major route is just taking the regional to national uh, and then the international process. And the international process is a bit interesting because you don't actually have to attend a regional or a national science fair uh, to become an international science fair participant in Canada. Uh, mm -hmm. There's an application process that where everyone is an equal ground on. Um, second method is uh, by applying to Inspo Science uh, and IRIC Fair. So the IRIC Inspo Science Fair uh, is pretty much uh, a science fair which is outside of the international track uh, and the regional and national track. It's a separate science fair where they concentrate on other international competitions. So essentially, if you have a project that you want to apply, I'm pretty sure the application deadline this year is on uh, June 21st. You pretty much apply to IRIC in School Science. And then there's a whole bunch of awards uh, and internship opportunities uh, that you select for which can be applicable to your project and what you think employers might favor 
Um, and after that, the top junior project goes to uh, the International Fair in Barcelona uh, mm-hmm. called, I don't exactly remember the acronym, uh, and the top uh, senior project goes to the Korean uh, Science and Engineering Fair, which are both two international science fairs uh, which have North American representatives. So you would go uh, as a North American representative from Canada uh, to those two fairs. Uh, and then finally, the third one is Sanofi Biogenius. Now, this is only applicable to uh, projects which are to do with biotechnology, so specifically solving a problem in the area of biology and human physiology. Uh, so, this is any, so if anybody is interested in the area of medicine and want to attend med school in the future, I, I would strongly suggest participating at Sanofi Biogenius, uh, as well as InspoScience, if you're very interested in engineering and technology and applying whatever you have to a broad area. And the regional track is for everyone. Uh, so Sanofi Biogenius, there's a regional stage, a national stage, and an international stage. Uh, so if you get first place regionals, you go to first place nationals, and then you get to uh, internationals. But in terms of advice, I would say create a project that you really, really like, uh, and a project that you really, really want to uh, solve a problem with. And the most important part in a science fair uh, is to present yourself properly with the, the research that you have done. And essentially, you want to show how innovative your science for project really is. And that's probably the best advice that I could give to young scientists. Okay, yeah, you definitely gave a really great rundown on all of the different international competitions. Um, as you said, regional to national to international is not the only way. Do your research. There are tons of uh, competitions. I will link them down below. And even with this coronavirus going on and maybe going on in future years, there is still that inspo science uh, competition going on that gives you opportunities to go to different countries and meet new people. And I definitely agree with doing something that you're passionate about. And along with that, knowing how to pitch your research and have a good board, make some graphs, get some good visuals and know how to present yourself, which is exactly what Neil said. So thank you for that. My next question for you is, what does it take to be a young entrepreneur in 2020 and beyond? And what are your major points of advice to future young entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. So it's in entrepreneurship uh, for people who are young. Their main myth that I, I see most people saying is that you must be really, really smart in order to become an entrepreneur and start your own thing. And the fact is you don't have to be smart. Um, in fact, smartness is not a requirement. What is requirement is a hunger and a passion. You need those two things. And for that, smartness doesn't really have to take into account. Uh, you have to be really, really passionate about what you do. And hunger allows you to actually initiate what your goal is. And essentially, for young entrepreneurs in 2020 and beyond, I would say the main advice is to keep that hunger alive and essentially try your best to learn as much as possible. The only way, into, like when you think about it, all individuals they start from zero and they start uh, building up uh, their knowledge from learning. Uh, and essentially the only way you can, if you want, if your goal is to become smart as a young entrepreneur, start uh, learning business fundamentals, start learning about your technology or your invention that you're trying to get into. And the key important step in entrepreneurship is to understand your market that you're trying to target as well as know in and out of all your competitors uh, and how you're going to stand out against your competitors And that's a key thing to remember, especially in entrepreneurship. And another important fact is you always have to execute. You can have plenty of ideas, uh, but without execution, all those ideas are essentially worthless. 
you have to have uh, the aspect of execution of your ideas. Uh, so the passion will bring you the ideas and your hunger will give you the execution. And that is something that uh, all young entrepreneurs uh, should keep in mind whenever starting their own venture. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. And as a young entrepreneur, have you ever faced any challenges and how did you overcome them? Yeah. Um, so as a young entrepreneur, uh, the biggest challenge I would say that everyone faces uh, is when it comes down to the team. The difficult part uh, when you're starting a startup is that you essentially are recruiting people that are going to work a lot for you for essentially no pay for a very long time. And the only way you can really recruit people is that if you show to them that you're really, really serious about what you want to do. So for example, if you have an idea for a software or you have a idea for a design that you had to implement, the best thing to do, the best thing to attract people is to file a patent. So that means that your intellectual property is secured. So whenever you're searching for individuals, they don't go ahead and steal your idea. And another key important point about patenting uh, and protecting your intellectual property of the idea that you have uh, is so that it makes other people know that you are serious about what you do. And that seriousness is really what uh, people are going to look forward to when working with you. That this person is serious. I have to be motivated in order to help this company grow and succeed so that we can help the individuals that we want to help uh, at the same time help our investors and our angel investors as well as ourselves uh, in the futures. So yeah, I definitely agree with having a really good team, especially in your early years, because I'm sure um, funding is is uh, a little bit more lackluster when you start. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you guys can check out the new team on their Instagram. I know you just recruited some new team members. How are you feeling like? Oh, our, our new team is great. Uh, so we have um, in our current team, we have Eric Lundulescu, who's currently going into UW Software Engineering, University of Waterloo Software Engineering. We also have uh, Snesha, uh, who is a grade 11 IB student at, at the moment, who excels in business and, and is the two-time ICDC uh, DECA world finalist. Uh, in, uh, in our development side, we have Shiv Patel, who works closely with the hardware and design aspects and marketing. We have Richard Wang. Uh, who works uh, closely with all our marketing departments, keeps track of the Instagram and all the marketing material that you see is all done by him. Um, and then we have Sophia Murphy, who keeps track of all our financials. Um, and yeah, our current team is really, really well uh, disciplined and all rounded. Uh, and, I, and I feel like with this team, we're going to go quite far in the future. Yes, I agree with that. Um... I want to thank you for um, giving us this advice and also just kind of sharing your story because I know a lot of you guys would be interested in that. I'll link all your socials down below, your iCane Instagram, your LinkedIn, if you guys want to connect with Neil, and also the iCane website, www.icane.ca. Would you like to add anything else, Neil? Um, no, that's about it. That sounds great. All right. Thanks for tuning in for the second episode of From the Sum Up podcast. Make sure to always ask questions and to stay curious.